Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing okay. How are you? I'm doing okay. Getting by. Yeah. You made you, you know? made you made it. I'm yeah, yeah. I just wanted to make sure that we didn't have anything going on, but it's it's next weekend. Oh. We have people over for uh for the kids uh birthday party. Their birthday's on Tuesday. So. Oh. Yeah. How old are they? Gonna be ten years old now, Mike. Dang, man! Right? You're you're an old man. I, I'm a, I'm I'm a really old man. Yeah, an old uh, man. I I should I should I should have children that are much older than than ten at my <laughs> age, but it is what it is, you know. Yeah. All of my you, you made you know, up for it by by having twins. See, you just like. Well, that that is true. Yeah, like, like I'll I'll, you, I'll catch up. You said I'll catch up. Don't worry about me. <laughs> <laughs> Friend of mine, her her daughter is seventeen. Twenty twenty two, and her son is yeah seventeen or eighteen, and she I mean she's like three years younger than I am. Yeah. <laughs> so like I'm more like like we you know when we go to a school event with the kids or and stuff all of the parents nearly all of the parents are a good 10 to 15 years younger than than me oh there you go i'm the old man i'm the one that you know when uh i'm not quite to this point but you know when the kids are in high school oh, oh is your is that your grandfather picking you up <laughs> and your walker that's my dad <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know but that's that's good, you know. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So how have you been, Mike? Uh, it's been a few weeks. Yeah, it's been three weeks. I think so, somewhere around yeah. there. Yeah. You've been doing okay. Yeah. How about yourself? Yeah. Did I, I don't remember what when when it was that I got it and when we talked, but I did I tell you I got COVID again. Again, wow! Second time. No, I didn't know. I know Kyle got it. I was talking to him. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was. It was uh, seriously. It was uh, just a a couple things that even made me decide to test. Um, one, we'd gone to my parents the the night before, and we all like me and me and Zach felt like we had colds. Yeah. Why didn't I test? I'm like thinking in my head. I'm like I told my wife i'm like why don't we test ourselves just to be on the safe side before we visited my parents like yeah. it didn't even occur to me and then my co-worker she said the day before she said that her she was real achy and stuff and she thought she pulled a muscle um grabbing too many groceries at the same time yeah and then she felt really not good at all the next day she's like it's it, it's not it's not a pulled muscle so she took a test and she was positive so both of those thoughts in my head at the same time, it's like, fine, I'll, you know, we'll take tests. I'm, I know I'm not positive. Yeah, I was positive. But I was the only one in the family. Hmm. And Mike, I'm telling you, from day one, it lasted four days and it was the mild. It, it would have been, if it hadn't been the COVID, I would have told you it was one of the most mild colds I've ever had. It, yeah. it like, literally, it was four days and then fifth day, felt 100%. Like, like I never was sick. Well, there you it go. I'm not, you know, I don't mean to, definitely not complaining That's because about you're it. immunized, very, probably. It very, I mean, sure, could. 
But it was weird that the rest of the family never got it. And, and like Zach was sick with a cold beforehand. And then I got the same symptoms, but he never showed positive at all. Or, you're, weird? or you could have been a false positive. But I was positive a couple times. I, oh, I okay. Gotcha. Because I didn't believe it. Either. Yeah. Like me and my wife, like, there's no way you're positive. Like nobody else was positive. We all have the same thing. But nope. <laughs> it's so weird. But this virus is pretty weird. Yeah. You know? So, I don't know. What's all these emojis coming up? What are we, 12 years old now? Is that Chris? <laughs> Hello. Hi, Chris. I was, I was announcing my presence. As, uh, <laughs> I was just telling Mike how I had COVID again about three or four weeks ago, and it was, if I didn't know it was COVID, I would have told you it was one of the most mild colds I've ever had in my life. Yeah. It was like four days and gone. Yeah, it seems when like I had it, I was quite stuffed. a bit. Yeah. So I'm very fortunate and happy that it was so mild, but it was very strange and that the rest of my family all consist- consistently tested negative. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, I mean, if just with the regular at-home tests, too, they can kind of be um, not as accurate as well. Well, you know, I was reading about it, and they said that those at-home tests require you to have a lot of the virus in, in your system for it to flag the positive. So they said it actually is possible that, like, my son could have technically had it, but he was below the threshold of what he would need to have in the system for it to actually show positive on the test. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, Yeah, I, it's like a lot of, like, businesses, if they – have policies they require like a PCR test. Right, right. Yeah. For, for was, actual confirmation of like negative. It was weird. It was it was just odd, but you know, it, like I said, I can't complain. It was so so mild that you know I'm very thankful about. Did that. you take take time off work or did you work through um, it? No, be, I mean because I work from home, I just I, you, I, you I worked, worked through, through it both times. Yeah, because it was it wasn't bad even the first time. It's definitely worse the first worse the first time than the, than the second, but still wasn't bad. Ah. It was just like a regular cold the first time. Well, I'm but glad you're better. I don't know better. what to do to avoid it, because it was like five months apart, and it's like, why? I, I don't want to be getting sick every five months, five or six months. Yeah, it's going to be tough, because you have kids. But I don't and go they, anywhere. The kids They're do. They're all testing negative. And I'm the only one that stays home. No, but the kid, the kid goes, the kid goes to school. Probably got it. Yeah. Brought it home, and then you got it. And then I got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the people I know that get sick the most often are the ones who have kids that are going to school and spreading stuff around. Awesome. <laughs> Did you want to rent a couple kids, Chris? <laughs> uh, um, how much work can they get done per hour? They're pretty like manual, helpful. Manual labor. I mean, they're only, they're only, they're going to be ten, so they can start doing a little bit more. But they're pretty, especially the, the girl. She's pretty helpful. <laughs> Boy gets distracted a lot. Mm. <laughs> kind of like you, huh? <laughs> yeah. Me, me and him have the same work ethic, and Stacy yeah. and Al have the same work. You been? I'm um, pretty good. Yeah. You know, can't recall when 
the last time we spoke was, but I guess I could. Probably in December. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, it was Christmas. Yeah, it seems like a long time ago. <laughs> Look at the Geek Brunch website. It's at least two yeah. episodes, three yeah. episodes, probably. I know two for sure because Joe showed up for half hour in the last yeah, two. That was the one. Times with us, yeah, that was the last one you published. And we're not like always at two weeks, so like this is the third week. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like there was two episodes where this is this is uh, probably riveting for listeners to <laughs> <that regular laughs> listen. They're like, we we know we listen to the episodes. <laughs> um yeah, anyway. Um yeah, I've been doing pretty good so far, twenty twenty three, about two months down. It's been been pretty good, nothing too too eventful. It's good. You know, winter weather here, so it's uh the winters tend to be quieter. Less stuff going on. You know why when you were gonna say weather though, I think Mike probably can agree to this in your area too. It seems like all the weather's definitely much more extreme than it ever had been in the past. Uh, Chris, it's like we don't we don't get like regular just snow anymore. It doesn't seem it. It's either an event or it's like doesn't not doing anything. But like that ice the other day was like, and I still have like, like we've got like I've got like a two solid inches of ice on driveway. Oh, I like they were showing it. video stuff like of of kids ice skating, like playing ice hockey with their ice skates on their own driveways. Wow. It's just. Stacy pulled out, out to go to work. Didn't even leave tracks. Ice was just that solid. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's been falling off of our house today, making making noise. Our yeah, our driveway was freezing. Our driveway was mostly thawed out yesterday, but um, our backyard was just a the entire thing was just a solid um, solid ice. Wow. Did you lose power at all or no? No. Um, yeah, the one for almost a full day. Ah, oh, that sucks. Yeah, we're, yeah. Um, we just um, the one morning I woke up, I was making arrangements with work, trying to figure things out because I didn't have internet. But then it came back on right after I made arrangements. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, other than that. How do you make arrangements? Like, if you don't well, have I was internet. Just, yeah, I mean, I was just, um, I was just on my phone, um, emailing my boss, and because there was a few things that I had the information offline that I could, I could still do, and so I was just making arrangements. Um, you oh. know, just, just discussing that with her in terms of, um, you know, I would, I would do a little bit and and just report the report how much time I worked to her or something like that, but then it. I wouldn't have been able to work all day like that, but I had a few things I need, I could do. Ah, just just that that kind of thing. Do either one of you have any muffins? Not today. Is that a euphemism or? No, I really <laughs> I'm really in the mood for for a nice good muffin. A blueberry muffin or a banana or what do you want? Doesn't make it as long as it's not chocolate chip. That's all we have in the house. Oh. I mean, it, 
it'd be faster for you to go get one from a like a store near you than for me to bring you one. Even though technically it's, you know, I reasonably could do that. <laughs> I'm like Mike. But, I um... <laughs> I, micro- I ate microwave pancakes this morning. Did you chocolate chip? Mm. No, I don't put chocolate chip in anything. Except chocolate chip cookies. No, chocolate chip cookies? Yeah. yeah. I have my uh, regular oatmeal. I had, I ended up having cereal, but I was complaining because we have chocolate chip mini muffins, we have chocolate chip microwave pancakes, and we have chocolate chip waffles. Because guess who are the only ones that usually eat that stuff? The kids. Uh... Right. <laughs> Get something besides chocolate chip. Just in the mood for something. But I didn't feel like leaving the house, so here I am. Well, I saw Cocaine Bear. Best movie I've oh, yeah? seen in the last ten years. Yeah, come on. Really? <laughs> it's it's we pretty awesome. We were going to go see it, but, I mean, but, but we haven't had a chance yet. <laughs> it's exactly what oh, you expect. Like... You got cocaine and you got a bear. <laughs> <laughs> were you highly entertained i was i was very entertained so sometimes sometimes you just need something that's different like you get piled on the same superhero stuff over and over again and sometimes you just need to step away and get something different yeah palate cleanser yeah so I still That's haven't good, seen yeah. Ant Ant Man yet. We decided no, uh, it was more important to go see Cocaine Bear. Yeah, you gotta see what's going on with the Cocaine Bear. Yeah. We'll we'll see Ant Man when it comes out on Disney Plus. I, I we we don't really run out to the to show as often as we used to. We don't either. We we have membership, and both of our membership to the Cinemark. What do you call it? Awards or whatever. Where you like. Yeah buy it get a ticket a month or something like that well uh-huh. yep we had both you you uh accumulate them so we pretty much went to the movie for free you know minus the popcorn <laughs> yeah that's nice <clears throat> so we already had credit My... as if you will you know, we had two tickets accumulated that's we used really to go nice. we used to be like uh it, the what do you call it members because we used to go every week and now it's like we don't go that often but there's not a lot of movies these days that drive us to the theater that's kind of where i am at this point too um we've got the amc here and they just announced that by the end of the year they'll be charging different prices depending on where you want to sit yeah well, that's just another reason not to go to the show. Oh, yeah, I saw that in the news, yeah. Seriously? Like, why, why are they literally trying to get people not not to go to the theater? You're gonna, I, th- I, I, mean, I the actually, I I, say, they're probably it, hurting. Well, if, for, for... I, they are, but, but if, if they said, listen, we understand that sitting in the very front row, sitting off to the sides is not good of experience. We're going to dis- discount those tickets. And the one, the prime, uh, you know, seats will be the same price that you've been paying. But you yeah. know that that's not the case. They're just increasing the cost of the prime seats. And then, you know, if you want to sit in the front, you probably pay a little less than you were paying before. 
But uh, like I think... we, we always sit towards the end, like uh, high up and towards the end in case you got to go pee. Yeah. <clears throat> but uh, I haven't had to do that in a long time. But have to go pee. Yeah, I haven't had no. to go in the middle of a movie. It happens, but <laughs> it's very rare. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't. Um, we didn't go the theater often pre-COVID. You know, we might go like once or twice a year, and we haven't gone. Now we haven't gone since before COVID. I like the I theater. Don't... I like the popcorn. Yeah. I like I like the thing I like most is that I'm a hundred percent into what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. At at the house, I'm there's too much distractions and I'm not a hundred percent engaged. Mm-hmm. But uh, at the theater, I'm a hundred percent engaged, so it's it is a different experience. I, I totally agree. It's just uh, we don't have as much opportunity to go. I, it, you know, if we want to go see something that we want to see, then that means we have to make sure that somebody can watch the kids and take them to Cocaine Bear. There's kids in it. Huh? Is it appropriate there's, for them? There's kids in it, and they're doing cocaine. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I want them to see that. I think know, there's like we a... can see stuff with them, but then you know you basically you have to go to the bank first, take out you know re- refinance your house, <laughs> you know have them cut you a check, and and then you can go to the show. It's like kids, do you want to eat tonight or do you want to see a movie? It, it basically, right? <laughs> I mean, it is. It's, it's it's so expensive. Well, our theater used to have like a cheap Tuesdays or something like that, where you get yeah, like... I used to too. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know a lot of people that can go to the movies on Tuesday because <laughs> they work so damn late. And... Right. Yeah, that's the problem. <clears throat> Me and Stacy in our carefree days, you know, we could go, but. I'm too tired. We were up, I was up 24 hours with Harley when we took her to get her tooth extracted and. She had a bad reaction to the uh, anesthesia, so like oh, her, no. back, her back legs weren't working. And wait, when because was this her, recently? Her back, yeah, it was like uh, I stayed home. Was it Thursday? I can't even remember. Yeah. It was yeah, it was Thursday. I stayed home Thursday. Oh my lord! So How the was la- she like doing the now? last two weeks, I haven't worked a full week because the week before I. I took a snow day off, and then this week I, I she's fine now. She's back to herself, but okay. it was a it was a poop fest disaster. Like she she had she had no feeling back there, so she, there was seepage. It was it was it was just a nasty party. I'll oh, tell you that. Man, what did you say caused it again? Anesthesia. She had to have a tooth extracted, so they put you underneath. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then she had this Uh, weird, awful smell, like metallic, like it was like strong iron. It was awful, like almost Mm -hmm. nauseating. From her, from her rear end. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. Poof. It was. It was bad. Yeah. 
our dog had that. She it was like her glands back there needed to be. Uh, yeah, yeah, that that's yeah. happened, but she didn't. She wasn't in for like her butt, but I think it mm-hmm. might have caused her glands to get like infected or something because they were constantly dropping poop. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's like, stop talking about that. <laughs> As she was knocking stuff down off of Barb's tray, she gets she she's really hungry now, like. She hasn't fully got back to eating like regular. She doesn't want her crunchy stuff. She wants the nice digestive medic food that she was getting. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. She's no fool. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> wow. Well, I'm glad that she's doing better. Yeah, she's that stuff's back never to fun. normal. Yeah, it's <clears throat> not fun. So I have oh. to actually try to put on a diaper on a dog. It's pretty crazy. Um, it's it's always very stressful when when your your pet isn't feeling well. You're not yeah. Sure what the problem is not fun at all. All right. So you guys want to talk some comics or movies or? Board games? I don't know what you got. <laughs> I, I suppose as long as long as we're all on, we might as well. <laughs> I, I finally saw yoga, yoga hosers. I that was, still that, never that, seen that. One. That was what, the only like Kevin Smith related thing I think I haven't seen, and I finally got a chance to watch it. And it's sort of like the Canadian Clerks <laughs> with two with his daughter in it. And Johnny Depp's daughter, right? Yeah, it is Johnny Depp's daughter. You could definitely see her, him in her, you know, her face, her face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was it good? Did you, uh, how did you? Well, it, it? it's it's it, 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 half of the movie is like Canadian clerks, so, you know, two girls working at a co- convenience store. The other half mm-hmm. is like over the top Nazi bratwurst. <laughs> Oh, weird. Wonder Bar, or whatever they say, like little bratwurst that... It was this guy that froze himself during the World War II that made these, like, bratwurst Nazis to take over the world, <laughs> except they didn't grow to full, like, size until they were... So they're small. Yeah, so they're little tiny things. But they huh. kill people pretty cool. They they get they crawl up your butt and then come out your mouth and kill you. Dear. Yeah, so it's sort of, <laughs> sort of ridiculous. Jason Mewes has an appearance. Uh, you know how Justin Long is a lot in Kevin Smith movies? He's yeah, I've never it. seen Tusk. There. Did you see that? I never saw what? Tusk? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen it. I went to the theater yeah. to see it. I've seen uh-huh. most of... Kevin Smith's stuff at the theater, with the exception of uh, Clerks 3. Not not because I didn't want to, but because the theater I usually go to wasn't showing it. It wasn't, it didn't have, Clerks 3 didn't have like a big opening like the other ones. No, they didn't have a wide release. Yeah, I would have to go like far to go see it, and it was like only out one, one week, so... Yeah, I, didn't I have much think of a ours choice. was like up in Canada, like Toronto or something like that. I would have to go to. 
Yeah, I didn't have much of a choice with that. That's worth yeah. seeing. Like I, I bought. Yeah, it. Well, I got to see that still too. I but haven't uh, seen a Kevin Smith movie. Not I haven't seen any in the theater, but I, I haven't. Well, I haven't seen any of his movies since like. Clerks. Clerks. <laughs> Clerks two, I think. No, yeah. no, but I, I think I saw Clerks two. I think that was the last one I saw. I haven't you seen didn't see since then. Chasing Amy. Yeah, that's before <laughs> Clerks two. Dogma. Yep. Mallrats. Yep. <laughs> okay, so you saw you saw the main ones. I mean, Harley. The the. You saw two... the class classic covers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The two the two that were like actual films and not like the same weed and potty humor and all that stuff is uh, chasing Amy and uh, Dogma. They have Dogma. like a lot a lot of meaning to them, but. Yeah. Um, Everything else is pretty much the same, so if you like that stuff and you like to see the same characters, it's fun. Hey, Harley, we know! Hey, I know you're telling everybody, you're telling Uncle Chris about your... Yeah. She said she had poop and it was bad and her anal glands were bad and Daddy took care of her. It'll be okay, Harley. <laughs> And she's pissed because I haven't taken her for a walk yet. Yeah, she's fired off. I got caught up watching The Love Boat. Oh, I love The Love Boat. On Pluto TV, there's a Love Boat station. Free. Yeah, I know there is. And uh, this one was interesting, though, because it's so weird how, like, time makes things, like, you can't do it anymore. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's too sensitive. Yes! Yes, I tell I tell my tell my coworkers whenever I'm watching an episode while I'm working, I'm like, oh my god, you won't believe what happened in this one. <laughs> yeah, well, this one, this one, uh, what is Julie the cruise? Well, what is Captain Stubing's daughter name? The the Becky. little one, Becky. Okay, yeah, that's Becky. Yeah. Well, there was there was finally a young kid that came on, uh, the boat. So she was like, yeah. oh wow, I I can be with somebody my own age, and he was like too cool for her. And he was he was he was giving her. He said these are vitamins. You know what it was? It was speed. Oh yeah. He was, was giving speed. her speed, and I'm well, like, I don't God damn. Who it was was and, it the, was it the kid from Little House on the Prairie? I don't. Yeah, remember. I think so. He he kind of looked like yeah. a skinny, young Ralph Macchio guy. You know, like. But was um, Scott? No, no. Yeah, it, well, I think I think it was. I, guy, I, I don't think I've ever seen. I didn't watch Little House on the Prairie too much. Like I wasn't. I was more into like Bonanza. But, but uh, I think I've watched every episode of Little House on the Prairie. We watched Little it all ha- together. Little House was on, about a, a, sort of like a family thing, you know. Like uh, I, I tend to watch stuff with a little more action. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think the closest I got to was the Love Boat and Eight is Enough. I used to watch those two. <laughs> but yeah, I saw but, that. But anyway, I was say. like, this is almost like the way it was working was like a date rape drug. Like he was using it to to go out with her and stuff. It was it was pretty bad. And I'm like, yeah. wow. But but the thing I can appreciate is that shit really probably happens. <laughs> I mean, oh for sure, right? Yeah. So it's like. I don't know if you should necessarily hide it all the time because you can't, you can't hide 
and then see it, at least you're more prepared. At least the love boat taught you it was wrong to do speed, right? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> they, I think sometimes the way that they portray things is obviously out of, out of date, but I think it's it's a good thing that you know they they put those messages in there at the time for sure. Yeah, this one had Gopher's uncle in it too, and he was like selling shit out of his room. Yes, I remember this one very well. <laughs> oh my god! And he was putting the store on the ship out of business. <laughs> yeah, nobody would buy anything. And yeah. That poor clerk that worked at the at the gift shop. Was I like, know. Oh, my and then he was down. I don't. And he was hitting on her too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so like, yeah. And then there was the the girl tennis player that was being. Oh yeah, she. Out, out sporting her the man, you know, making him look like a chump. Oh, that so, was the okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I could get caught up in these. They're they're kind of <laughs> stupid, but like, I could watch Pluto TV, like Three's Company and Love Boat and all that stuff, just like back to back when as background and just yeah. I get I get into it more most a lot of the episodes. But I'm I'm this I'm the same way. You know what though? Um, that MeTV usually shows one episode on Sundays. Yeah and, yeah. and I set it to record, and and that's usually what I end up watching. Um, I just watch usually just the one a week. But I know it's on Pluto. If I want more, and also Paramount Plus, I think you can watch all of the episodes there. Too. Yeah. If I have if I have Pluto TV, I'm pretty freaking happy because they have like a lot of stuff. They even have like mm-hmm. terror and horror movies all the time, and yeah, you can't like watch it from the beginning. You have to watch it from whenever it's on. But that's like old school. I like it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I, I don't mind commercials. I really don't. Barb, Barb, it really bothers her, but like, it has a I don't know. It has this appeal to me because that's what I grew up with. I don't know. Yeah, I the actually retro. like watching it. The recording from MeTV. Including the commercials, because it totally reminds me of like if I would had was sick from school or something. Yeah. Because all the commercials are just like the commercials you would have watched. You're sick. For, they're all geared towards the, you know the elderly and stuff like that. Yeah, I was like, like well, I could use some of those of diapers, you know? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> those depends look like they could hold a couple gallons. I think that's good. <laughs> Oh boy! Yeah. Chris, what, 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 you're, you're not with us on the love boat. Uh no. I I'm, I guess that he's, was. I don't have nostalgia for that. That was a little before my time. Yeah. He's he's much younger. If he did watch it, well, it would have had to been in like syndication or something. I watched Love Boat with my family as it was coming out. Yeah, was I mean, that on I, Friday night. <clears throat> I don't remember the nights at all. I, I, all I remember yeah, is Six Million Dollar Man was on Sunday. That's all I remember because I used to, I used to watch that like a hawk. That and Battlestar <laughs> Galactica. Yeah, all the other nights shift, are blurred. Shift everything forward like five or six, seven years. Well, you're celebrating your thirtieth this year, I believe. <laughs> yeah, I, let's that's sure we can tell everybody that. Yeah. <laughs> let's go with that. Um, but I I remember flipping through the channels and I would see 
Love Boat on and Little House on the Prairie on and stuff, but I, I never watched any of those. I've watched um, Dukes of Hazard and um, as a family, like we watched um, Cosby Show and Family Ties and Growing oh, Pains sure. and Who's the Boss and like more of the 80s stuff. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. I skipped all that because I guess I was not watching TV. And see, I'm 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 in the middle between you guys more towards Mike than than you, Chris. But yeah, I mean, we used to. I mean, as a family, we we watched Cosby Show non nonstop. Family ties, yeah. I remember watching Cosby Show, but I don't remember watching it religiously. I remember it was Thursday nights or something like that. And yes, yeah, I, I I would stay and watch Cosby Show, and I think Cheers was on that night. I don't know if Probably. Night Court was. I didn't watch, I didn't watch Cheers. Those are some that I did watch. But, like, if you go farther back to, like, Sanford and Son and the Jeffersons and stuff, like, that was what I watched religiously with my parents. Seeing that's before Three's my Company. Life. Yeah. Three's Company was in syndication when I remember it. Charlie's Angels, that was, like, a must watch. And that was when I was hitting puberty, so it was like, God dang, I used to I used to love watching Charlie's Angels. <laughs> oh, the good old days. Yeah. Where you had uh to, to get up to change the channel. Right? <laughs> or, hope that, or hope that somebody walked by soon. Either that or you're you're moving the end the antenna around so you can get some <laughs> some reception you can watch. That's right. We we never had problems with the big three. It was always Fox or, or yeah, like same. when Fox it was like, oh my God, I gotta try to make the antenna so I can watch. Because Fox at that time was playing like Batman sixty six and like all the mm-hmm. old stuff. I was that's yeah. where I was watching like Gilligan's Island and we always oh. had that channel growing up. I don't know what it was before Fox. It was just an extra channel that we always had that just had always had like syndicated shows or, yeah. or reruns. Yeah, it was all on the UHF <laughs> instead yeah. of the VHF. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that, Chris. It was Channel Twenty Nine. <clears throat> yeah, I think so. Yeah, I I remember having to like I remember not having a remote control, but I. We did get cable fairly early on, I think. We did too. After it was available. I do remember getting a VHS player for the first time though and for a while the only movie we had was um that we actually owned was E. T. That was the very first movie we had. <laughs> mostly we like a lot of people, we mostly just rented them. Yeah. Blockbuster. I had to buy the, our first VHS player because my, my parents didn't want to spend the money. And I um I was a paper boy, so I saved up. Uh, there, yeah. I don't think I had a VHS until college, man. Oh. It might no, it might have been like late, maybe my senior year in high school. Mm-hmm. But uh, before that, it was just you'd get up and watch it. You would just watch it. TV Guide. And I like I, I loved UHF because there was shows <clears throat> like all the good shows that I wanted to watch were like after seven PM 
But like if you came home from school and on UHF, you could watch a lot of syndicated stuff that was good mm-hmm. early. Yeah. That's what well, I liked I, about it. I miss when when we kind of stopped having like a very, very local cable and became more regional and then, you know, national. We lost the Canadian stations because early on we would we would get the Canadian stations from Toronto and stuff and, and oh, they, yeah. they played some some cool things on on there too. Some that were just like Canadian programs, and then of course a lot of reruns that were you know old American shows. But um, once like, you started getting you know cable stations started getting bought out, they they would just drop drop those from your lineup. Like CBC, I think it is. CBC, or... exactly. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah, they used to have the Blue Jays games. Oh yeah, all the time. Mr. Dress Up. I don't know if you remember Mr. Dress Up. That might be before your time too. No, I was. That was one of my favorites. I was huge on Mr. Dress Up. Yep. Uh, yeah, I love Mr. Dress Up. Yeah, and cool. it, it was a long time before I realized that it was even a Canadian show. I didn't understand that. I didn't know it was like, you know. Oh, I was. Yeah, for sure. I was like an adult, like looking back. Oh, whatever happened to that? I'm like. Than reading that it was Canadian, I had no idea. Yeah, I thought everybody knew about the Mr. Dress Up. Yeah. I didn't even know what what it is. Now. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's like one of the children's things, like uh, Mr. Rogers or uh, stuff like that. Yeah. No, it yeah. was uh, Mr. Rogers, and what was the other one? Captain Kangaroo for me. Captain Kangaroo, right? Yeah, yeah. That Mr. Dressup was kind of like that, but he was Canadian, so he, you know, he didn't he didn't have guns in his closet and stuff, and but he that was had good health care and <laughs> all that stuff. Yeah, PBS. It was uh, Sesame Street. I liked a lot. An Electric Company because it had Spider Man sometimes. Spider, of course. And I used to like when they used to do that whispering shit. I don't know why. <laughs> it's like somebody would go, bird, bird. <laughs> I didn't know what you meant until you just gave the example. Now I yeah. know exactly what you mean. <laughs> it was easy reader. Uh, yeah. Morgan, Morgan Freeman was in Electric Company. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. right. I didn't know who and he then, was at the time. And then the cooler show, like, later on that was a little more for older kids was three two one contact. I used to watch I, that. I never watched that. Yeah. Familiar with it, but Yeah, I I did all I, I did all those the PBS shows and I did Mr. Rogers and I guess I watched a lot of T V, I don't know. <laughs> Nobody watched as much T V as Barb. She still watches a lot of T V. I'm like, holy crap. Me and me and Stacy were talking about Barb um, a few days ago, and yeah. about how much we could actually do if we only needed to get like three or four hours of sleep a night. Yeah, it's weird. She she even asked her doctor like, "Is this weird that I only need three hours of sleep a night?" And she says, "Well, if you feel good and you don't feel sleepy at work and stuff." It just could be your metabolism or something. <laughs> it's very. It's. I, I actually was looking it up. It's very rare, but there yeah. are a segment of the population where that's literally what they require and feel just as rested as you or I would after a full night's sleep. 
but she's when she sleeps like three hours yeah. like i could be yelling in her ear and she won't fucking get up like it's it's bad like <laughs> sometimes in the morning i'm on the elliptical and i'm like barb you gotta get up barb and she just won't <laughs> so yeah she's a deep sleeper but which which is probably why she le- doesn't need so much sleep because when she sleeps she really sleeps she really she's literally shutting her body off for, the, for those hours yeah it's like concentrated uh-huh concentrated sleep i am jealous though that would be amazing well i yeah i would love to <clears throat> i don't i don't get to stream as much as i would like to yeah and uh i would love to read more comics during the week and i don't know i just don't have the energy like i I read most of my comics on saturday and sunday i was getting caught up on the marauders which i i think is so mediocre like <laughs> it is like i i always like I, I always read it and i'm like i don't mean to be rude or anything but i like read it and i'm like who's this appealing to like it's so <laughs> it, it it is so weird like i i and i'm i'm almost fascinated about it like I have to read it because I just find it fascinating. Like, I find it. Well, you so... know, because that's one of the few that I actually dropped. Like, well, well, I just can't. I, I haven't I just... dropped any of them. I dropped that. I'm like, it's still going. I, I, the, I refuse to the other buy. thing that I like about Marauders is it'll put me to sleep. Like, <laughs> like I'll get like four pages in and I'm like, I'm like snoring away. So it's like a good, you know, like sleep way to put. It's like counting sheep. <laughs> They should put that quote on on the cover of their next <laughs> issue. We'll put you to sleep fast, Michael Myers. <laughs> and even, he's even made like Kitty stupid. I think like I I just like there's this group that she wants to now travel. They they they, they rescued like these primitive mutants, like the first mutants that were ever mutants on Earth. Mm-hmm. And there's like three of them. I, I forget what they're called. They're like the Trinity or something like that. And uh, they want to go back in time and sort of stop this virus from happening. And I'm like, well, that could like fuck up everything. That could fl- fuck up like Krakoa. That could like mess up everything. Mm-hmm. And it could mess up even how mutants are pers- If you go back in time, like, that changes yeah, things. Yeah, you're changing everything. And Kitty's like, let's just go. We're not going to tell, you know, the, what do they call it? The circle of truth. The quiet what, council. The, yeah, the quiet council. Uh-huh. They're not going to tell them. They're just going to go do it. And I'm like, and, and the people that are doing it, like the only one that that have any kind of brains, in my opinion, are, are Kitty and Bishop. Mm-hmm. They have a bunch of young kids. Well, they have Cassandra Nova, but she's nuts. Like yeah. she's off her block but it, it, it is such a weird title like i i just i i know there's a book for everyone and i appreciate that i just want to know who it is like i just <laughs> I, I just want to find i find it so fascinating because i've never i've never part. i've never read like an x-men book like it like that i really don't care about like at all 
Well, me and you both loved, I think one of our favorites was Marauders when it was volume one. I don't remember who was writing it. Um, yeah, it was, it was the best. Orlando, I think it was but, yeah. Jerry Dugan or one of those I think guys. it was Dugan, yeah. yeah. I think you might be right. But yeah, and and so I'm like, well, I don't like Steve Orlando. Well, the thing time, about the thing but... about Marauders though is he was like channeling like voices of X Men that I want to read, like mm. like older X Men. Like Kitty really seemed like Kitty, and like the characters were were sound. And now I don't like I don't know what Steve Orlando's doing. Yeah, but that's that's too bad. I still read it. I don't buy it. I read it on the uh, unlimited. Yeah, so you're not you're not spending money. I I, I wouldn't That's spend my idea. money on it. That's how. <clears throat> I, there, but there's much more things I'd rather be reading. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's let's get into it. Okay. When's the start? Um, I can go first since it's been a while. I guess. Unless there are any objections. None that I can think of. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I am back on Hoopla. And I read a comic from the DC Universe by Dwayne McDuffie. Ah. A little tribute trade um, to... The late Mr. McDuffie. Um, and this is... I think it was his birthday recently, wasn't it? Uh, perhaps. Yeah, I think I saw that. And it coincided with this. Yeah, you're very timely. Um, this is Action Comics number 847 from 2007. Um it has art and colors by Renato Guedes. Um, and I didn't read this around. This seems to be kind of like a uh, an interlude, um, one-and-done story in the midst of a larger event. I didn't read this event, but I remember kind of hearing about it where um, there were multiple Kryptonians um, on Earth. And um, the story, it's, um, it's a nice little story about Jonathan and Martha Kent, um, where um, it starts out in the middle of the night where um, Jonathan Kent is struggling with a new um, coffee maker. Um, that uh, apparently Lois got them for Christmas. And, um, you know, it's got a water filter and that kind of thing on it, and he's having a hard time with that. And Martha catches him um, doing this, um, you know, um, and apparently he's not really supposed to have caffeine because um, he's on blood pressure medicine. Um, and, um, so then they, you know, he, they talk about why are you even doing, you know, it's been four years. Why are you doing this now? Um, and, um, the context is kind of, you know, 
things are bad, it could be the end of the world based on what's going on outside of this story. And um, he's like, I might as well eat some prime rib and have some ice cream while I'm at it. <laughs> and um, so Martha gets upset and, um, you know, because she's worried as well. And um, if you didn't really know what was what the context of the story was, which I didn't go going into it and that kind of jogged my memory of, that I had heard about the event and stuff like that. But Martha, you know, says, you know, Clark's missing. They're saying on the news that there's an army of Kryptonians on the loose in Metropolis. Uh, and so it's the context is basically a discussion of, you know, their worries about what's going on. And but more additionally, that even though their son is Superman, they still have cause to worry about their son, you know, mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. he's Superman, but because he's Superman, he goes up against threats. There are threats that even uh, that even make a situation where Superman's the underdog and um, in a situation where there are dozens of Kryptonians who are as powerful as he is he and he's going against them by himself he's obviously an underdog in that situation and Jonathan makes this, the point that none of them are half the man that he that Clark is and um, you know, and they talk about how brave he is, but he's not usually the underdog. And um, and John, so Jonathan ends up telling her a story that he apparently promised not to um, tell her, and that forms kind of the bulk of the issue. Um, it, it took place apparently. The prior fall to when the story takes place and um as far as martha knew they were um going ice fishing clark and and jonathan and um you know clark being clark he says i'm not very comfortable lying to ma <laughs> <laughs> but um he goes along with it um so they 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 drive you know Jonathan drives his truck a certain distance and then uh he suits up and well he like he he's already really really bundled up but he also puts like uh um not quite a gas mask but it, it there's goggles and and his nose and mouth are covered by like a respirator kind of type thing and Clark Clark takes his jacket off. He's got his Superman outfit on underneath, and he picks up his father and flies him to the Fortress of Solitude, um, which already I just thought was neat, you know, um, just the father-son relationship and, and Clark flying his father. Um, and, you know, he's just holding on to him with one hand. <laughs> um but uh, when they get there, he um, he shows him um, this um, 
Well, when they get to the Fortress of Solitude, Jonathan says, beats all heck out of the, that treehouse you made when you were eight. I'll say that much. <laughs> um, so there's this um, chip that he has with a star drive. Um, maybe people know more about where why this is there when he when this got there or whatever but basically um so the point is clark is fulfilling a dream for his father you know he's taking him into outer space um so jonathan gets inside the ship and um i guess superman knows that it's a bad idea to start a star drive in Earth's atmosphere. I don't know if he tried that before, if that's referencing anything or if it's just, you know, from the story that he's saying that. But um, so he he actually lifts the ship out into um, out into orbit and then gives it a little boost. Um, and um, they're able to communicate, um, you know, Clark's it picks up his sub vocalizations and broadcasts some you know blah 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 science fiction explanations so that they can still talk while they're in space and mm-hmm. one of them inside is inside the ship and one of them is not. Um, so um, they get to this little spot. It's um, Kepler supernova and Jonathan recognizes it um, and the ship is able to go transparent so it just kind of looks like Jonathan standing there in outer space looking at this supernova and um, you know it's pretty pretty amazing that um, he's able to be out there and see this firsthand um, really cool thing that Clark is doing for him and while they're out there um, Clark hears a uh, uh, mayday from several um, there's several inhabited planets nearby um, and um, he um, he hears some mayday um, so he um, so he ends up going off um, there's um, a sun eater that's attacking local star systems and um clark explains to his father you know that it's it's something that's the size of a nebula and it consumes entire suns um and if it could kill trillions of people well or beings whatever they happen to be um and um you know he explains last time he went up against a sun eater he had a lot of help and even then it was a lot of help and so he transfers control of the ship over to his father and says if he's not back in three hours take him home um so uh we see one of these these beings um this this sort of alien creature that um who's the rest of his fleet's been destroyed or retreated and he's um he's trying to get close enough to the sun eater to to do something but he's he's spotted and um just as he thinks he's failed and he's going to be destroyed superman gets in there and gets in between the the beam that's about to destroy his ship takes it in the chest and um 
I guess the guy was carrying this entropy bond that if he if it's detonated inside the Sun Eater, it should destroy it. Um, so um, Superman says, "Give me the bomb." And um, so um, somehow, you know, the ship was allowing Jonathan um, that he could see and hear the whole thing that was going on. And that's why I wasn't supposed to tell Martha about it. And besides the whole lying about going fishing part. <laughs> um, and um, he explains how, you know, it it seemed at first that Superman was doing well and then, but you could see that he was starting to get tired and um, and he was trying to protect the bomb and that the, he didn't really understand this time until later, but the blasts were full of red sun radiation. And so it must've been unbearable pain. And, um, and um, he's, Jonathan had never seen anything as huge as the sun eater. Um, Clark was just a insect compared to it. And, um, but he somehow got past the, the ray beams and inside of it. Um, and the radiation was just evaporating his powers. Um, but he just persevered and, um, detonated the bomb and there was an explosion, um, just like a massive, massive explosion. Um, and, um, there was this shock wave that was rushing after Superman this ball of radiation that would have incinerated him. Um, and even if he's normally faster than light, he was too tired from what he had already gone through that. Um, and, um, but, uh, Jonathan came to where this was happening in the ship and Clark was able to get in the ship and they were able to use the ship to get away. So Clark managed to save trillions of people. There's a nice panel of like um, Superman and his father hugging um, and a little panel of them meeting the aliens and they're like giving Superman some kind of medal for saving everyone. And they headed back home and, um, and like they had a nice conversation about, um, you know, just everything. And the trip was over. Um, they did actually, there's a panel of Superman flying up out of some water with a huge net full of fish <laughs> as their cut the, to complete their cover story. And, um, anyway, it's, um, the moral of the story is that their son can never be underestimated no matter what the odds are. And Martha gives him a hug. He asked her what's that for. And he said, um, it, you know, it's for lying to me when I need it. And, um, and they, they go back up to bed. She says, you're right, John, as long as Clark's in the fight, he'll find a way to save us. And the last panel, I guess while this was going on, maybe Clark was trapped in the phantom zone or something. Cause the last panel is those like, it's the background of space and there's those typical like shard like shards of glass looking fragments with 
Clark's face and the Superman logo in them. So, but yeah, it was just a really, it was a nice kind of somewhat little sentimental, but um, nice little father son story. And I think it would have, would have read nicely in the midst of the overall story. I, I enjoyed it. Cool. Yeah, nice. that's, uh, those are, those are it looks like uh, right in the, um, right after uh, Jeff John's run with um, <clears throat> Gary Frank. Yeah, and Gary Frank, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I remember those comics coming out. I wasn't reading them at the time, but yeah, it's definitely an issue you could I think it would have read read nicely if you were reading all all the issues around it, but it also just it gives you enough of what's going on. You can just kind of it was you know definitely read well on its own too. Yeah, that's what it seems like. That's cool. Well, Mike, if you want, I can go next. Sure. All right, I'm gonna start by talking about the movie that I actually saw a couple of days ago. Um, I've got a. I don't remember where I got it from? Somebody. <clears throat> posted a Universal Studios Monsters checklist for all their movies. I don't know who, who decided that this was the, the, the checklist of all the Universal Monster movies. But anyhow, it goes all the way from first one being The Hunchback of Notre Dame in 1923 and the last one being The Leech Woman from 1960. So, I mean, it's uh, I didn't count how many total movies we've got here, but uh, it's got to be at least 60, I would say. Um, well, I ended up watching The Leech Woman, the last, uh, what what they say is the last of the Universal or monster movies. And uh, couldn't find it streaming anywhere, um, not available anywhere at all. So I took the shot of looking on YouTube, and there it was. So I actually watched it on YouTube. Um, basically, so what, what the, what the story, it it starts out with this, uh, this doctor named Paul and he is researching, um, ways to extend life. Um, and up to this point, he hasn't been also, um, uh, successful. Uh, he's also married to, um, this woman named June. Um, I didn't get this uh, at all from, from actually watching the movie, but apparently this, the woman's 10 years older than him, which would be hard to do being that I believe when I looked up the credits, I think the woman was 29 when the movie came out. Um, But, you know, she's dressed up as, as being older and, and, and all of that. But anyhow, she also seems to be an alcoholic. And um, Paul, uh, she comes to visit Paul in the lab and chastises him for all of the waste of time that he's doing on in the lab all the time. And she's, you know, uh, she's having a drink. She pours herself a, a vodka there and she asks for another one. And, and she, yeah, she's she's quite a drinker. And he is, um, uh, he's tired of her and wants to, and actually, you know, uh, gets her to say that she wants a divorce and he, he couldn't, he couldn't be happier. 
Um, so she ends up leaving. She take, has one for the road, and and she leaves. And he uh, ends up shortly afterwards seeing this very old woman named Mala, and uh, <clears throat> she uh, claims that uh, she's very old. That she's uh, like 140 years old, and <clears throat> you know he says that's very uh, tough to believe without a birth certificate, and. He sh- she shows him um, a brand that she has on her um, on her shoulder that is uh, supposedly from like a, a Muslim slavers back from uh, ha- yeah hadn't been done for you know over a hundred years and she's basically said you know there's my proof and she's like you know I can actually tell you the secret you know I have this powder here that um, that makes me young but it it's it's based on a plant in my native country in Africa, and uh, it has to be mixed with something else. Though also, um, uh, you can't just take the flour; um, you need another ingredient. But here, I'll you know, I'll uh, you know, I, I, I'll promise to sh- to show you that if you want to, you know, come back to Africa because my time is ending, and um, I'm going back to my village one more time for a ceremony and then, you know, and then I'll end up passing away. So, uh, he takes her up on that offer and he's very excited because he's done some tests and some, um, and it seems like this powder might actually work. So he, uh, goes back home and suddenly, um, the, the lawyer is, is that their lawyer is there and, and his wife, June is discussing, um, divorce arrangements, and suddenly Paul has this uh, enormous change of heart and says, "No, no, no! I'm so can you forgive me for all the terrible things I said to you, you know, at the office? And like, you know, that's the last thing I want to do is is divorce you. Um, you know, as a matter of fact, I'm going to Africa right right now to do some research, and you know, I would I would absolutely love it if you if you came with me. So." She's quite shocked about this surprise uh, turn of events, but she's happy about it, and she decides, yes, you know, she would uh, she would love to um to go. So they do. They go to um <clears throat> they go to Africa, and and they said, okay, we're going to meet Mala at her at her village, and uh, we got to find a guide. So they find a guide that knows uh, his way around and can speak um, the native language. And um, they end up getting ambushed by uh, some of the natives that live there and um, at Spear Point are, are taken to a village and, and um, put in cages. And Paul, you know, assures the guide not to worry that Mala should be there soon. And, you know, she'll explain the whole situation. Sure enough, Mala does show up <clears throat> and she gets them released. And, uh, and she says, you know, uh, yes, you know, uh, I'm going to go through this ceremony. So the guide, Paul and and June, um, go to see the ceremony and they take one of the men that live in the village and they have this, this, uh, ring that has like a, almost like a claw on it and also kind of, um, has a well underneath it. Um, a little 
divot that can hold a liquid in. You see that the guy performing um, the ceremony um, uh, kind of they put this 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 man um, down so he's facing downward over this this rock and um, he hits him very quickly with um, the ring um, at the base of the of the of the skull and the back base of the skull. What you uh, learn is that part of the ceremony they have to mix this orchid. Um, pollen with um, a, a, a secretion from the pineal gland from a male. And um, when mixed together, uh, it, it causes you to be young again. So they go ahead and um, and do that. Uh, they mix it, Mala drinks it, and she um, becomes uh, young looking again. She She looks maybe 18 or 19 years old as a matter of fact and they they just they they just can't believe it but then mala drops the uh, <clears throat> the news that uh you know now that they've seen this uh they'll be she, she will die in 24 hours her time has has come and they will also die as well because the secret of um this formula cannot cannot go out so um, they're very upset about this, obviously. Um, and uh, even so, Mala says to June, you know, would you like, uh, before you die, would you like to experience, you know, to be young once again? And uh, he said, you know, uh, you, can, you can do so. Just, you know, pick one of the, one of the men in the village and, and, you know, we'll do this for you as well. And, you know, June says, no, I could never, you know, cause the death of, of somebody to, to um, you know, just to make myself be young again. And she said, okay, well, you know, you do have time to change your mind, but, you know, in 24 hours, you're going to die. So they kind of, the three, uh, the three Americans are talking uh, amongst each other. And uh, the Paul, the husband says, June, like, you know, you've got to, you've got to some, somehow distract distract this this you know the 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 guards and me and me and the guide will run off and we'll we'll escape and we'll bring help back and she's like are you kidding me you 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 just you would leave me here she's like no no we would come back for you and then she starts to realize that the only reason why they even wanted that why Paul even wanted her there was so she could have that um that youthful um, formula and she could look young again. He wants nothing to do with her in our old ripe age of 29. Um, of course, in the in the story, she is supposed to be older than that. I would guess that she's supposed to be in her 40s. And, um, uh, you know, she gets very upset. And uh, so she says, Mala, I, I have changed my mind. I will try this. She goes, okay, well, which, which male do you choose? And she pointed to her husband and they immediately grab her husband and, and, uh, you know, he starts protesting and, and she doesn't want to hear any of it. And so, yep, sure enough, they go ahead, perform the ceremony. They uh, extract, um, the fluid from the pineal gland, gland, uh, which incidentally kills the victim. Um, and, uh, they give it to June and, and she is, is extremely, uh, she looks extremely young again. Um, she starts conferring with the guide and they make plans um, to help each other 
to escape and, and those plans work. Um, they run out um, and run away. And uh, unfortunately, um, th this was the next day. And unfortunately that, um, that youthful appearance starts to wear off and she starts actually looking older than, than she did before. Um, and uh, he, uh, the guide actually uh, has, has the, the powder and he uh, is kind of running off uh, and she can't keep up. And, and he kind of turned and saw how old she had gotten and, and is outpacing her um, kind of leaving her in the dust as the natives are, are running behind them and, and catching up to them quickly. Uh, he runs and falls into, you know, um, quicksand. So he starts sinking and uh, she, um, you know, he starts begging her, you know, help me, help me. And uh, he, she says, throw the powder, throw the powder. So he throws the powder and like, now help me, help me. And, and, and she does, she, throws a, um, uh, a vine to him and he starts pulling along. Now, what I, I forgot to mention is that she also has stolen that ring. And when he gets close, but is still in the quicksand, she quickly um, hits him in the back of the neck with, with, that, um, with that ring and she stirs it and becomes young again. She manages to escape and she goes back to America. Um, when she gets back to America, um, her lawyer is there waiting for her and she poses as, um, as her own niece and, uh, the lawyer takes, takes, uh, her back to the house and, um, says, you know, my aunt will be along eventually. And, you know, they had passed on the news that Paul had, had died during the expedition and, um, she becomes quite infatuated with her lawyer who is engaged to be married um, to another woman. And uh, she, as time progresses, of course, she does um, that, that formula reverses and she appears older each time. And um, she starts uh, frequenting um, bars and, and the seedier side of town and uh, gets um, people to kind of hit on her. Um, because even though she looks older, she's wearing like all this fancy jewelry, all the jewelry she has, very expensive items and stuff, and um, and uh, trying to attract some unscrupulous people. And then when they least expect it, she uh, kills them, um, extracts the fluid, and and then becomes young again. She does this a couple times. And uh, in the meantime, while this is all going on, she's uh, coming on to more and more on, on to her lawyer um, friend while she's young and finally um, convinces him to, to run away with her rather than, um, you know, with the, uh, with, with the, the woman that he's engaged with. That woman comes to, uh, to the house one time and, uh, you know, says that, you know, that she needs to, to leave that, you know, she, and she pulls out a gun and says, you know, I'm not, you know, you got to you got to get out of here. You're stealing my man. And she manages to um, get the better of of the woman, kill her, throw her into the um, closet. Um, she's now um, she's still young, but she gets a knock on the door, <clears throat> and it's the police. And the police are 
looking for this one of these unscrupulous guys that somehow they've tracked back to to this this house and the lawyer comes uh as well and says no 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 you know unless you have a search warrant and they, they produce one and they start looking around and um the woman uh june says you know you know this is ridiculous and the as the police start heading towards that closet she protests and they push her out of the way and they see the, the dead body and they're horrified and she, she starts running away and as she's going up the stairs she starts getting old and they can't believe their eyes um she actually runs uh into her bedroom locks the door and they end up having now she had had the spinal fluid uh, or whatever that fluid is of that woman she had taken it but apparently it doesn't work because it only um is effective if if it's a male victim and so she starts freaking out and you hear like glass um break and they break through the door and they go running to the to the balcony and she had jumped off the balcony and they look down and there's nothing left but like a mummified remains of of her because she had gotten sold taking it so often um that she had ended up expiring and that's the end of the uh that's the end of the of the movie um a weird thing to say for a 77 minute movie but it was overly long <laughs> um it was actually interesting <laughs> enough while it was going on in africa and then you know then that kind of turn and stuff like that uh, once it actually got back to america i'm like oh this is actually getting <laughs> a little long it did not get uh from what i saw it did not get very good reviews um it actually was um highlighted in mystery science theater at one point so you know it was that type of level of uh of of movie if you will um that was right for parody um so yeah it definitely wasn't wasn't one of those classic universal studio movies by any means um but it was entertaining enough to watch the one time around um but yeah it, they could have actually um, I mean, not that it needed to be a shorter in terms of, of minutes, but uh, it, it, it just, you were waiting for it to end. It was, it was not really great, especially when they got back to the United States and what was going on. Um, and, it, it, you know, it is what it is. It was, it was entertaining enough to watch, but certainly not, not something that was, uh, you know, a masterpiece and, it was no uh, cocaine bear. It was no cocaine bear. Which is a, a universal movie. So there you go. It is, but like I said, I don't know how they consider when this kind of universal era ended. I mean, obviously, I think everyone... No, cocaine bear is a monster movie that's still, you know, universal. So I'd say it's universal era. Oh. Oh, oh, that's a universal picture, cocaine yeah. bear. Yeah, cocaine bear. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know what you were. What's the difference at that. between cocaine bear and leech woman? Probably just one was the color and one was in black and white. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> no, but like, it, like the creature from the Black Lagoon was was much later, 1954, and everyone, you know, I think would agree that that's one of them. You know, they're classic monsters. Um. But you know this one was listed as as the last on this list, and 
It definitely uh, went out. You and your lists. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, you have you have a good retirement ahead of you because you'll spend a lot of time on lists. It it helps me focus rather than just randomly look for movies, which is what I did last night. Actually, I was just going what time did you watch this at? Movie. Huh? What time did you watch it? The Leech Woman. Yeah. I hate to say this, Mike, on a podcast that you're going to put out to everyone, but I had it on while I was working on Friday afternoon. Ah, oh, see that. You can't do. You can't. Of, you can't of... do that. No, you, but you can't do that. If anything, I give higher ratings because it's passing the time, in uh, in in you know making my my workday fat faster because I'm you know put, putting data or whatever and I just have that on kind of a. So I use tend to th- give this, things. This is no like love that. boat in the background. You have to concentrate on the leech woman. Well, you so watch it could, the it could have been could, can could have been an eight out of ten. Could have been an eight out of ten. I give it a five out of ten. It what it exists. That's about as much as I can say. All right. Well, I'll go to my book. So I, I bought this book. Uh, probably, I don't know, a month ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Strange Tales 125. And uh, what struck me about this cover, like, I, I've been trying to accumulate all of the uh, Mar- tales of suspense and tales to astonish and strange tales. And I, I've been buying them as I see them and I can get them. And this was one of them. And I, I, I really dig the uh, the Human Torch era Strange Tales, like, where he's on the cover this this one has uh the human torch and the thing on the cover and it's a pretty striking cover because it's got a white a white background like the sky is is totally white 125 yeah yeah and uh it's got the thing in the water fighting submariner in the the human torch flying overhead and then in the the circle bubble it says co-featuring the mysterious Doctor Strange. So uh, the first story is uh, penned by uh, none other than Stan Stan the Man Lee, and it's drawn by Dick Ayers. And this is a, a pretty good uh, typical uh, FF um, series around this time because the thing and the Human Torch are going at it. You know they. They're mocking each other and fighting. Um, Thing is trying to put an asbestos blanket <laughs> blanket on the Human Torch, <laughs> and and they're griping and all. And they say, "Wait, wait a second! You know, after this fight, there's two people at the door. Let's go check it out." And it's two people there from Time Magazine, and they're just like, "Oh, they got they want to interview me." And John, and he's like, "No, why would they want to interview?" interview your ugly self they're here to interview me (laughs) so they're getting into it again they show up at the door and they say we're here to interview sue and reed and they're like oh shit they're all pissed off they're not here (laughs) they're throwing a fit again and then the monitor comes on again and it's submariner swimming towards new york and uh this this happens after they had the big battle in ff number one annual and they decide, well, let's go. You get a nice recap of what happened in the annual. And then they decide to drive a, one of their FF boats out to the ocean and 
take on Submariner and his element because they don't want Reed and Sue. They they think they could do the job on their by themselves, even though they have had a hard time trying to defeat him as four people, much less two. And they go out there and <laughs> Submariner does a lot of ass kicking underwater on the thing. And the, the human torch is pretty much useless because he's wet most of the time. But they do get the upper hand on, on the human torch at, at one point. And the thing actually rescues Submariner and the human torch and drags them to this this rock in the middle of the ocean and throws them out on there. And then uh, Reed, Reed and Sue see that Submariner is they're fighting out in the middle of the ocean. They're like, oh, crap. And uh, Submariner escapes. And Reed just gives like an ass chewing. He's like, man, I had invited Submariner out here for peace negotiations. And he was supposed to meet me at the Baxter building. And you jackasses had to go scare him away. And meanwhile, <laughs> you have Submariner in the ocean going, I can't trust these. You know, I can't trust Reed Richards ever again. Next time I'm going to bring more soldiers and bring hell to his his new york city so yeah that was a very entertaining story and then the next one is by uh stan stanley as well as steve ditko and there's these weird ugly looking hooded beings attacking sorcerer supreme in his uh sanctum sanctorium and he disposes them pretty easily these three soldiers they're soldiers of Mordu, and uh, he's trying to scan for the Ancient One, and he can't find it, and he finds that, th- that Mordu had actually captured the Ancient One, and I guess his powers are somewhat diminished without the Ancient One uh, available. So he he's on the run, pretty much, and he, he takes... Mordu is probably, is you know, trying to kill him, and Doctor Strange goes into his... Uh, astral projection form and he takes him across multiple like cities you could see him in egypt and paris and all these different places london you can you can tell by the background you know how he drew the Mm -hmm. the eiffel tower and the pyramids and all this he was just taking him around and he's eventually just trying to find the place where the ancient one's trapped he uses his amulet to free the ancient one and then uh, Mordo Mordru is uh, what is his name Mordu, M O R D O Mordo. I think so. Yep. Yeah, he's uh, I I always say Mordru and I don't mean to because you know how there's a Mordru in the King Arthur. Yeah. <laughs> I I think there's one in Legion. Uh, Legion yeah, yeah, he's a villain. Yeah. Yeah. So um, um, you just don't have enough Drew in your life. That's right. I don't. I need more <laughs> Drew in my life. So uh, it looks like uh, Mordu imprisons him in like this black shell, but he eventually makes his way out and defeats him, um, and then saves the ancient one. But it, it was a cool little one shot. I I, lo- I love how these uh these strange tales and astonish pretty much tell a whole whole issues worth and you get two stories i I think they're pretty fantastic and i like how they they take off and 
Iron Man, you know, started renumbering, whereas Cap continued the numbering, and Doctor Strange did the same thing with Strange Tales, and I, I like I like when that happens. <laughs> I've got two questions for you. Yeah. So the first one is: Do you happen to own Strange Tales 126? Uh, probably not, but I'll check. It looks like that's a that's a ex- expensive one, a valuable one. No, I don't have 126 because that's the first appearance of Dormammu. And Clea. Oh, and Clea, yeah. Yeah. I have 125, um, 127, 128, and 130, in like, and then I'm missing a bunch until oh, I get oh. to 138. And then I get into the Nick Furies, and I have a bunch of those. I see 128 (laughs) is the first appearance of the Eye of Agamotto. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, My other question is, I know you've seen it, but what – well, I assume you've seen it. I don't know that for a fact. Did you see that the second um, Black Panther movie? Wakanda? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Did you like it? Yeah, I liked it. I liked the okay. way they portrayed Namor. I thought it was different and imaginative for sure. Yeah, I really, I really, really enjoyed it more because I uh, Nick and uh, Martin replied when I posted uh, whenever it was a month or so ago, and they don't seem to have liked it as much. They were surprised that I liked it as much as I did. No, I, I it you excellent. you if you deviate from the original source i tend to like it more because i don't want to see what i've already read <laughs> so like that that's just, it, it depends i i me, I, I don't I, ever I, I thought no i'm just saying chance. for me personally yeah i i love when stuff deviates i don't want to see something i've already experienced and i i thought what the way they did i thought the way the guy played namor was fantastic yeah me too yeah, I was just curious because I thought it was very, very well done. Yeah, see, I, I like the uh, first no? one much better, but this this plot was pretty. I like this one better than this the first one was one. pretty convoluted. <laughs> well, it was kind of it's kind of like Shades of Grey in this one. There's no true villain, right? You're right. Yeah, <clears throat> everybody is. You know, I mean, Justified they each have their own in perspective, their actions, and they yeah. wanna, yeah, they want to protect their own their own. But that's citizens, always been that, to me. That's always been the case with Submariner because yeah, he's just for his people. Like he's he's like Doctor Doom. Like Doctor Doom's a hero to Latveria and a villain to the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. You know, so I guess it's just through the eyes of the beholder. Right. Yeah. Chris, did you see that or no? No, I haven't seen it yet. It's pretty good. I'd, I'd be interested to know what you thought. Yeah, I'm. I'm not up to it. I'm. Well, I'm been catching up on. There were some random things I saw out of order, but I'm catching up on. I've been slowly catching up on the Marvel stuff that I hadn't seen. Um, what did I do? Uh, I'm trying to think what I. Oh, I just finished Loki. That was the most recent thing I finished. Okay. So you're moving along. Yeah. Me and Barb are watching Andor now. Mm, we still have to watch that. 
It's a different, it's a, a slow beast, but it's a pretty convoluted one. So I, I, I kind of liking it, but it's not, it's not like my favorite St Star Wars movie. The, what is it called? Re Rebels or Rogue Squadron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. And this is the guy that's in that, so. Cool. Yeah, we, I'm looking forward to it. I just haven't gotten to it yet. So much to watch. Yeah, for me, it's all of Taylor Sheridan, man. I'm I'm addicted to everything that guy does. The Tulsa King and Yellowstone and 1923 and 1823. And <laughs> I got to get on to Mayor of Yorktown now. I think Mayor, that guy's Mayor a, of East. That, Mayor of East. Yeah, Easton. I watched that one. Cause uh, he's he writes like a comic book, man. I swear, he just every episode. I'm like, I gotta go to the next one. I gotta go to the next one. <laughs> and I'm not like that with most shows. Yeah, we're watching only murders in the building right now. I started it but didn't finish it. I love Steve. Martin. I started it with my parents. Yeah, we watched both seasons of that. We we like it. I'm so happy that Steve Martin is 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 doing some film like again. He just he's a, he's so he's amazing. I really enjoy him. Yeah, him and Martin Short are both good in that. Yes, very good. And Selena Gomez is good in that. I'm so. I mean, not that I shouldn't say I'm surprised. I just didn't know. I doubt, don't have any experience with her. You know what yes. I mean? Like I didn't know her one way or the other. So. Right. Same here. I I mean, she's kind of like. A younger generations be more aware of her than we're in the past she she's been sort of out of we're not her target market no no not at all <laughs> you know so yeah i just i was aware of her because she's a super, she's pretty famous but yeah but yeah i like her in that too mm -hmm. yeah very well done um all right well my other one was um I switched over to the other big, well, let me be fair here, uh, an, another of the three of the Trinity, um, Batman, and I read the first issue that was in Legends of the Dark Knight Detective, Volume 7. Um, so this is Detective Comics 634 from the early 90s, written by Kelly Puckett, with art by Luke McDonnell, uh, colors by Adrian Roy, the old stalwart, mm -hmm. um, and it's called The Third Man. And um, it starts out with two old ladies that will feature throughout the issue. Um, and um, they're in a subway station. Um, and there's, um, there's a body on the ground, um, blonde-haired young man, middle-aged man, kind of hard to tell. Um, and uh, so they start looking over the body. Um, 
and you, you, they don't have the sort of typical reaction you expect from from old women. Um, the one says, I'm afraid. Well, one says, is he all right? The other says, I'm afraid not. He's quite dead. And what an interesting wound. <laughs> Maybe we should call the police. What on earth for? They just botch up the investigation. You're right, of course. Um, so the one finds his ID, finds out his name is Jonathan Smalls. Um, the old women are doing this? Yeah. Okay. Um, they start just sort of looking over the body and stuff. Um, and they say, um, once gets up and says, come on, we've got to go back home. And the other says, well, we came all the way to Gotham to see the play. Forget the play. We've got to analyze this. Analyze what? A clue. Um, and um, they fi- apparently found desiccated chocolate in his mouth. Um, so then um, the scene switches to um, this sort of like a movie producer or something like that. He's got um, posters on his wall and he's dressed in a suit and stuff like that. And there's commotion outside of the room. Um, sounds like people are barging their way in and um, the guy takes out a gun and just shoots through the door. Um, and uh, from off panel, someone says, nice shooting and uh you flip the page and batman pushes the guy up against the wall um he says uh, apparently they call this guy the thespian and he's thinking about moving his mob into gotham um so a little intimidation um there from the, the caped crusader and um so then we switch back to the old ladies and they're in a kitchen and they've got like a chemistry set out and they're um, going to have some Earl Grey tea while they're um, working with amyl nitrate and uh, <laughs> and stuff like that. They're, they took a look at the paper to see if there's anything that they've heard and um, I guess they, they analyze, they think that he taken an axe to the chest which pierces aorta um and um the police report or you know the newspaper mentioned that the police were also puzzled by a piece of chocolate found in his mouth um and um i guess they've identified as his clothes as swift swiss clothes and his cigarettes that he had as swiss and that he had a tattoo that identified him as being in the swiss army um and they're wondering what was a foreigner doing in gotham under a fake name and the sample of chocolate that they took um the one using the chemistry set identifies it she says it's over two months old but there's traces of gunpowder on it um and blood and that it's not his blood so back to batman um jim gordon has lit the bat signal and um he um 
takes Batman down to the morgue and briefs him on this body that he that was found um and um doesn't have a valid ID um it was found at the Gotham railway station etc Batman takes a look at the guy's face he noticed that he's got a pug nose and um on his hands his knuckles are enlarged and he's got more scar tissue than it's normal so he's definitely a, a fighter of some sort um and um batman says so he takes a look at the id the guy's had and he says yeah i've seen you know he says basically i've seen this before and it was not made by an axe. the wound was not made by an axe it was made by a hand so um and um so we have some narration um as batman is breaking into um the swift's embassy um that um the id is issued by um or it's it says real documentation for a fake identity um issued by the swiss government for temporary relocation so um he um finds documentation um in the swiss embassy that this jonathan smalls um his real name is gerald Topful, and there was a previous victim that gordon told him about who came up as steve jones whose real name is rolf lang um but then he finds a third file um where the name is classified there's no alias and there's only a bank account number um but he finds a contact man for the case who's an undersecretary um so going back to the title of the story the third man um batman is curious why there's not the same amount of detail about this third guy so then he um hears somebody in the building he thinks it's guards but it turns out to be the two old women <laughs> um and uh so he confronts them um and obviously they know who he is and he says you have me at a disadvantage and um they introduce themselves as uh beatrice and penelope biddy and he call, he says the biddies the biddies i see and what are you doing here um the one says i bet he's a handsome devil under that mask <laughs> um and batman says i've heard of you the Dulac murders, the Edwards killings, the Murdoch heist, all important investigation fouled up by the interference of two bungling amateur detectives called the Biddy Sisters. Sorry, ladies, but I don't have time right now to deal with your kind of trouble. So he takes off, um, you know, but they, um, well, he leaves them um, <laughs> handcuffed um to a pole um and the one says uh hold still hold still dear and she's got a gun in her hand <laughs> i was just like shoot the um handcuffs or something but um <laughs> so um batman goes um 
he meets with this guy named Agent Briggs, who seems to have requested the meeting. Um, and uh, or no, Batman has, and I guess Batman in the past had saved this guy's little girl. Um, and so, um, and so he's Batman's looking for information. Um, and um, he's wondering about some different people, Hattori, Shiva, Andrev, um, and this guy's up to date on you know when, where all these people are at and whether they could possibly have been in the area. Um, and um, with Andrev, he says that there was a um, he was in Geneva three months ago and disappeared. Um, and um, he had a contract on a government official and people think that he's dead and he because he never completed the hit um, on the government official. And um, so basically the reason that he's asking after all these different people are those are the people who Batman knows can kill someone by shoving their hand between their ribs and piercing their hearts and he only knows the four people alive who can do that and uh, the guy says well you know and Batman's asked him about three people at this point and he says the guy says oh who's the fourth and Batman doesn't say anything and just stares at him and he says oh <laughs> um, <laughs> so um So Batman, at this point, he's convinced that this Andrev is the killer. Um, and um, I guess there it connects back to this Geneva situation. Um, and um, whoever Andrev was contracted to kill sent a three-man team to after Andrev. Um they think that they succeeded, um, but they actually did not. Andrev is still alive, and now he is taking revenge one by one on the three men who were sent to kill him. Um, so meanwhile, um, the two biddies are still up to their investigations, and they get caught snooping around the file room of the guy who Andrev was contracted to kill. And um, at first, this guy, his name's Han. At first, he thinks he apologizes to the women because he thinks my yeah, my guards are going overboard. They're you know they brought two old ladies in to see me, and and the guards say um, no, no, it's not a mistake. One had a derringer and the other one had a Beretta, um, a Smith. Uh, Smith and Wesson 41 Magnum, Uzi 9mm, Walter PPK, and a Glock <laughs> <laughs> um, with Teflon coated ammunition. Um, and um, so he thinks that they were sent by somebody, um, you know, that he has a grudge against him, except, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and um and so they they're in a tough situation and the one says well we know who andrev will kill next um if your men go after him when he's trying to do that it'll um 
blow up in his face. And uh, so, you know, they've also figured out that there's a third man at this point. And uh, so just as this is going on, Batman comes crashing through the window as he's wont to do, flinging batarangs, knocking guns out of guards' hands, punching them in the nose. Um, The Han gets a gun on Batman and one of the biddies pistol whips Han in the back of the head and gives Batman a chance to, um, you know, and, and so everyone else is all the quote unquote bad guys are knocked out and Batman's talking to the biddies and he's like, what's this about chocolate? Um, and, uh, so, and he says, could this chocolate be about three months old? And they're like, yeah, that's about right. And he said, and so, um, and he's like, they're like, well, where are you going? And he said, I'm going to go find the third, um, man. Well, um, Han had said, um, you know, there, there isn't any third man, um, and, uh, or something like that. And, um, they bring that up and he said, um, the third man is a woman. Um, so very next panel is a woman, um, holding a gun with some blood on her chest saying, I never stopped loving you. And she falls back to the bed, but then we flip the page and see that she's actually performing on stage in a play. And then the play ends. She goes um, back to her dressing room um, and to find um, some uh, bodyguards that have been knocked out. Um, So she goes and gets a real gun and she's, um, she finds a note, Christina, my love always with a rose um and um so then we the issue ends with um there's this kind of guy with um dark hair smoking a cigarette at night and uh batman drops down out of the shadows and um the guy asks him how did you know it was her and uh so Batman breaks it down. He said, you know, I knew that the third man was someone who was in Geneva three months ago. Um, somebody that couldn't afford to drop out of sight like the other two, um, you know, because of the way that their documentation was different in the Swiss embassy. Um, and so somebody had f- somebody famous and, um, so he, figured out that the relationship between Andrev and this other third person was something different than the one between the others. Um, and, um, so this whole chocolate thing, um, there are these Swiss chocolates that he had, Andrev had had hidden, hidden in his overcoat that he wanted, um, to surprise this Christina with, um, she had, it was another performance of hers or something. Um, and, um, she was, he went into the room, she was standing in the middle of the room and this 
in a light. And um, as he approached her from the darkness, some men shot at him. Um, they were, but they were bad shots using cheap guns and they hit the box of chocolates that he had in his breast pocket. Um, so they took off Christina and the two and the two men um, left him dying, but he wasn't dead. Um, and uh, that, you know, then so from there he recovered. Um, so Batman says, well, I got to bring you in. And Andrea flicks his cigarette away and says, fine, let's go. And Batman says that that wasn't the reaction I expected from you. Um, and Andrev explains that an assassin operates without emotion. Um, and he was at the theater that night and he had the opportunity to kill Christina, but he couldn't do it. And, um, that means to him, that means he's lost his edge. And, um, if he can't follow the rules that the assassin has to follow, then it's time to quit. So the last page is um, the the biddies and, um, you know, they're heading back to New York from Gotham and they're thanking Batman for seeing them off. He says, my pleasure, ladies. Um, and um, they're about to leave get on the train and then a police a police officer rushes up to Batman and says there's been some kind of ritual killing that Commissioner Gordon needs him to investigate and immediately the biddies um, rush up to the policeman and start walking along with him and they're like ritual killing you say tell me were there any dead chickens at the scene pentagrams swamp molasses and he's just befuddled and doesn't know and <laughs> so they start walking away and they sit and the one turns around and says well are you coming or not um to batman and he just puts his palm on his forehead <laughs> and that's the end <laughs> so i don't it was a weird issue it was like the whole biddies thing was you know, there's comedy on the one hand, and then the investigation was more serious, kind of like flip-flopped in its tone a little bit, but it, it was enjoyable. I thought, you know, the mystery was was interesting, and, you know, it kind of, I, I always like when there's some investigative aspect to, to Batman stories, so. Yeah. That when there's the detective aspect, so. <laughs> nice. Entertaining. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Cool. Uh, so my last one is uh, I. I'm pretty sure it's it I it's definitely the first boom series I collected. Might be the first boom comic I bought. Yeah, but is and it the 20... superhero here stuff? Irredeemable huh? or irresistible? Nope. I that, I was just taking a guess. Yep. Based it's on based 20, on what I know 28 about. Twenty eight days you. later. Oh, so you went zombies. Yeah. Two thousand and nine. Nice. Yeah. So the writer was Michael Allen Nelson, and and Declan Shelby was the artist. So uh, I don't know if you guys are are, are familiar with the Twenty Eight Days Later movie. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you guys have seen this? I have so, seen it, and I read the comic. Okay, cool. So yeah, so the comic was was good. I got got in the comic right away because uh, at least initially, I don't remember how it turned out, but the the main character in the comic is is um, is the one is the woman that was in in the in the movie, the one that was portrayed by um, how's her name? I had it earlier when I was reading. Last name is Harris. No, Naomi Harris. Is that her name? Her real name? I guess. I don't remember. Anyhow, her character's name is Selena. And uh, so she's kind of remembering and, and thinking about some of the stuff that happened uh, prior in the movie. And then it cuts to a refugee camp in Norway, and, and she's there. So um, you can tell she's kind of uh, keeps to herself at this refugee camp. Uh, this little boy is uh, quite nervous. Uh, the soccer ball actually bounced into her tent, and she's just sitting in there. And the boy kind of apologizes, grabs it, and, <laughs> and runs out and, and says to her, his 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 uh, friend, you know, that he's. It's like I told you I was brave enough to do it. So, you know, it seems like people give her a wide berth. Um, and uh, she she gets a visitor to the tent and. Um, he introduced himself as, as Clint Harris, and he's an American, and uh, he he sits down and, and starts chatting with her, and says, you know, he 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 is a re- he's a reporter, but um, he's uh, he's interested in in telling uh, people what they don't already haven't already learned, and um, she is one of the war the three Worsley House survivors, so she's quite famous. Um, as one of those, one of the people that actually survived um, and was rescued, uh, you know, after uh, what happened in, in, in London, especially. And um, so she's basically he's he wants to get back into the country um, and uh, do some uh, do some reporting and, and and bring that back to the world at large because world at large doesn't still fully understand what happened in in England um and uh you know she's one of the few that were were there and, and got out um alive and so she he he's looking for a guide um cuz going back into the heart of the country heart of the quarantine of the infected territory and, and want somebody who who managed who was there and and knows how to how to kind of um uh knows their way around so of course she immediately tells him to piss off and and says that you know he doesn't need a guide he, he if he's going to London he doesn't need a guide he basically needs a priest and um he's like you know I've been a war correspondent my entire adult life he's like I I understand you know what it is to you know uh, to uh be in dangerous territory and he's like she's like no you really don't and he, he gives some examples that are you know, horrible, like real life examples and about, you know, covering parts of Africa and a little boy came up and asked about Michael Jackson. And then the next day, uh, found out that he had been buried up to his neck and stoned to death just for talking to an American. Um, but she doesn't want anything to do with it. Tells him to get out. Uh, she has a flashback of prior to uh, the whole uh, infection of her dating the um, 
this guy gave her some horrible jewelry and she looks in her drawer at the tent and she still has it. She kind of breaks down and cries and puts this uh, jewelry on and ties a bandana around her neck or her head rather. And <clears throat> the reporter and, and, and his team are about to lift off uh, on the helicopter. And then she shows up and she says, I'm coming. And uh, she doesn't want to say why she's, she's had a change of heart and just that he, she's going to come. And uh, he introduces her to the rest of his team. Um, and, you know, apparently they've got different skill sets. There's everywhere, you know, from a younger people to um, an older man. Uh, even it looks like a, maybe a woman that's a little bit older. And he, they take off and he starts explaining what the plan is going to be. And basically they're going to go to the southern tip of the Shetland Islands. And from there, they're going to meet a supply boat. They're going to get to the um, Orkney Islands and get to Scotland. And she's like, well, I thought we're going to London. And he's like, yes, but Scotland's the only place on the mainland where the quarantine's weak enough to get through. So she's like, this is a pre, uh, pretty crappy plan. Uh, your plan is to basically travel 700 kilometers through infected territory. Um, and the rest of the team starts taking offense to that, saying, you know, we've reported in Afghanistan, Iraq, Ser Serbia, et cetera, et cetera. You know, show some respect. And she's like, listen, you have no idea um, what it's like down there. And shortly after that, uh, American um, jet flies by, uh, fighter jet flies by. And uh, it starts radioing the the uh, helicopter, saying that they're in restricted airspace, and to turn around. And um, the, that guy Clint, he's very surprised because the airspace airspace over the Shetland Islands uh, is not restricted, as far as he knows. They start shooting um, warning shots at the um, at the helicopter, and the helicopter pilot says that he's turning around. And uh, Clint says, no, we have to get on that island, um, land us now. And he starts saying over the, over the, um, the radio, mayday, mayday, we've been hit, we're losing fuel. And he's just, um, he's, he's pretending, he's bluffing. Um, and it works in that they stop firing on him and they land. <clears throat> so... Um, they get all their supplies out from the helicopter and uh, he tasks one of the members of the team to um, go over to the lodge and see if they can um, hail a taxi or not so they can get to that supply boat they needed to be at. Uh, they're about nine miles away from where they needed to be. Um, he uh, tells the helicopter pilot to stay there and, and to try to get some more information as to who, why exactly they were um, shooting, trying to shoot um, them down and or at least scare them away. And uh, Selena immediately uh, understands that something isn't isn't right. And um, and he said, yeah, but you know, it's a ghost town. Their tourism, you know, went to hell. And uh, she says, well, what about that American jet shooting at us? And um, he's like, well, you know what? He's like, the only people traveling in this area are journalists and um, the military and the military ranks journalists just above syphilis. 
So uh, let's you know get our gear together and, and let's let's figure out what's going on. And the rest of the team is not too high on her and basically tells her to get out, stay out of the way. And um, so uh, the one guy named Hirsch is the one that's trying to tra- track somebody down to maybe pick them up and sees a couple over in the distance and starts shouting over to them, you know, can you give us a little help? And Lena turns to look and says, oh, my God, and drops her bags and starts running. And they take offense because they think that they're like, we're not picking, we're not carrying your bags for you. <laughs> it just runs past them and says, Hirsch, get back. They're infected. And he's like, what, what are you talking about? And sure enough, they've got the red eyes and they're running towards them. So she pulls out her machete and tells him to run away. And she uh, dispatches one pretty quickly. The other one jumps on top of Hirsch, and he he's freaking out. And and uh, Selena, um, with with the uh, machete, uh, smacks the the second infected, um, cuts his or him right you know right in the top of the the skull. And um, he's Hirsch is freaking out, asking if he's bleeding, and he's fine. And uh, and Clint says, uh, Selena, are you okay? And and she kind of like turns and like, uh, no, they shot us because the infection has spread to the island. What's your plan now? And then that's the end of the first issue. And I haven't reread any of this since it first came out. And I remember really how good this was. Um, they did a great job um, expanding on on this movie. And, and it was really, really well done. Um, just wanted to revisit that, remembering that, but not remembering any details. And yeah, this was... This was a good one. So you re- yeah, re-read I think it. that was the first, my first experience, and you know, with Boom, that I didn't know anything about that company back then. What uh, were you asking? About? You reread it or what? Yeah, I re- just reread number one. That was it. Uh, uh, maybe I'll you know, reread the series, but you know, uh, I got so many other things I'm reading right now. But this, this was great to reread it to um, the first issue today. Um, it was really good. You, you said you had bought it at the time. Well, I don't know if I it? bought. Oh the aftermath wasn't there an ongoing i only have the ongoing yeah the 28 days later ongoing but it's set after the events of the movie yeah i have the hardcover so it it had that yeah it's good definitely a very good story i actually had to update my database because i had myself marked down as issue 1a and it looks like i only have 1b which is Unfortunate because one A is a lot more valuable. Ah. Well, according to this. Yeah, according to this. Yeah. This is a conservative, <laughs> stagnant, unless reported database. Yes. So, like, you can, I don't know if you can, like, right click and say, do a market report, but I've done it in the past when things have been way off. But you have to like source like a couple sources like eBay or my comic shop and say, you know, this is what it's going for. And then they'll they'll investigate it and approve it or whatever. Mm. Yeah, I've never <coughs> done that, but I've observed just weird things. Yeah, like recently I, I think X-Men 5, like the old X-Men 5 was for some reason like astronomical. Like it was only number one was showing up as higher. And I'm like, that doesn't even make any sense, but I didn't do anything about it. And now I'm looking you should. At it, like, down to where it, 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 like it's analyzed. So somebody else must've, 
must have done that. Yeah. I didn't know you were able to do that. Yeah. Now you can do it with newspapers. I don't want that <laughs> newspaper. No, I, I a lot of the pe- part of the update is like, the, yeah, I want to write him a note saying, is there something we could add to settings to say I don't want newspapers? Like, I'm okay with books, and I'm okay with magazines because I have that, but I don't want newspapers. No, and newspapers come out a lot. Yeah. So I, I don't need it, you know, all of that extra data clogging up space. The, 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 yeah, the space and the program and stuff. It's like, I don't care about the newspapers. Yeah. So uh, my final... So it's collecting actual newspapers? Like the entire, it's not newspaper comics or something? No, I think it's like actual newspapers. It looks, it looks mm. like newspapers, Chris, which is very odd to me. Yeah. Like when we get those updates, it's sorting through like just regular... Like I see Wall Street Journal. There's USA Today. Up. Yeah. As an example. Yeah, I mean it's a periodical, but that's kind of outside the scope of. But it's weird. Most... You could like click on. They actually have values like USA Today number one, has a value <laughs> yeah. of thirty dollars. <laughs> so in in the database, Chris, like I have it defaulted where like there's a it says comic books and there's a drop down when you click the drop down you can pick books or magazines and, and now there's newspapers yeah. so i could switch my whole search um to to get out of the comic book area and and, and look in the newspapers instead and i mean you know newspapers come out every single day so the news the good news though is they don't i i don't yeah. think they have images behind most of them like other than the cover image yeah, and that's I mean, that's that's the if you yeah to. that's the storage stuff. But like I, I I don't want that. Here's the times. Here's the times, Chris. The times from um, Great Britain, from 1785 to present. Wow, <laughs> that's a lot of data. Yeah, it's got 74,336 items. Man, yeah, you'd think that'd be like an optional add-on. Or yeah, something. let's opt out of that. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's weird. But and and if you that, if you look at the updates, it's only a hundred at a time because my God, you know, it'd probably take all day just to dot. I clicked the times to actually show me all of them. I don't know if you've noticed, but a lot of the downloads are in the newspapers. Yeah, I have. I, I mean, so like it's it's adding that, time. That, like that's the part yeah. I don't like. It it adds well, time to my download, so I don't want it. But um, Boston Globe, <clears throat> yeah. It, like, I don't see mine. I don't see the Buffalo News on here, Chris. You should add it, and then make sure. I don't it's, see the Courier uh, Express, Chris. Maybe because it's the Buffalo News. It, the value is zero for all of this. Zero, <laughs> it's zero for that. Yeah. USA Today, Wall Street Journal, Washington Post. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. New York Times. Yeah, it's got only the like the real big ones, but it, I mean, it looks like it's global. So, like you know, like I said, you know, it's got the sun, which I believe is in in uh, Great Britain. So the uh, Irish Examiner. I'm sorry, uh, Mike. <laughs> you're trying to get to it the next thing. Well, no, my last. I'm just I'm just saying random. <laughs> you're newspapers. fascinating newspapers. <laughs> yeah, it's just annoying. <laughs> I would like to get rid of that, but I don't know how. I'm gonna I probably know. send him a an email. But yeah. uh, Captain, my my, uh, have you guys heard of Captain Thunder? Captain Thunder, 
like Shazam? That's like when you eat too many beans. <laughs> no, you got. Oh, Captain Thunder. Well, Captain yes, Thunder yes, was 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 in uh, Captain Thunder was in the DC. That there was a time in the seventies where in the Justice League comics they had a a character that looked like Shazam with a a sun or lightning yeah. bolt, and they called him Captain Thunder for whatever reason. I don't know if it's because Shazam comic book they wanted to. Not call him. Uh, they didn't want to get him confused with our Earth because Shazam was on his own Earth yeah. in DC Comics, but this is from Heroic Comics. I actually have number one of Captain Thunder and Blue Bolt. Okay, I have number one of this is Volume Two. Oh, okay. So I don't have the first volume, but this continues from the first volume, and. Uh, Captain Thunder is a superhero that obviously has thunder powers and Blue Bolt is his son, which is kind of interesting as a sidekick. But uh they're they're attacking an island that has that um has nuclear weapons and the son is questioning Captain Thunder, you know, like we, we need to check the radiation on the Geiger counters, you know, what we shouldn't be in this area. Oh, this is by a uh, Roy and Dan Thomas. I don't know if Dan is his brother, but uh, and it, Howard Simpson is the guest penciler, and the inker is E.R. Cruz. But it's black and white, and it, it, it the art is really really nice. Like it's really detailed. But um, it it it's a pretty much a flashback issue. I think it's trying to catch you up to the previous volume. And he's explaining to his son why they're attacking this island, in, well, near Central America, that has nuclear weapons. And it all goes back to the past, where you know it shows a scene where he comes home to his his son, and he's like, "Daddy!" And then the wife comes out and just starts yelling at the husband, and the the wife doesn't approve of him being Captain Thunder or all his jobs that he's getting as like a mercenary. And uh, that leads to a divorce and the son growing up pretty much without a father. And it explains how he gets a job with this organization and he's sort of seduced by a woman. <clears throat> and he, he thinks that they're going to go um, stop another nuclear agency uh, from developing weapons and uh, destroy that that uh, facility. So he goes there, he charges up, he goes into the sky, and sometimes he draws lightning on himself, and he like powers up, and then goes to the facility, which should have been abandoned by the girl he was sleeping with. He, she should have went in earlier and got most of the people out. But uh, he blew up the whole facility, and he she she pretty much lied to him. She didn't take anybody out. She, he blew up the whole facility and killed like the president of the area, and he didn't even know that. But he ends up fighting like this prey mantis tank and um, getting blown up and just accomplishing the mission. And finds out that the guy that gave him the job to begin with betrayed him and lied to him. And now it's him and his son trying to get revenge. And it, it's like a continuation of the previous uh, volume. But it is black and white. And... Uh, 
Hero Comics has put out a lot of comic books, including that role-playing game we, I think we talked about on this show called Champions. Champions, yeah. yeah. And I, I think, like, this Captain Thunder had crossovers with the Champions and stuff. So um, th- they're an odd company, too, because you could still find their stuff either in Kickstarter or in uh, Indie Planet because they're like print on demand. So you can actually. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, you can actually go and get like a Captain Thunder or a Flare or any of those series there from any volume and they'll print it on demand for you. It's still kind of expensive though. You end up like $5 or higher plus shipping. So. Is it new material? I mean, they print the print these. Well, the kick the Kickstarters are sometimes new material, but the the print on demand is these issues. Gotcha. Yeah. You're better off looking in in dollar or fifty cent bins if you can come across these. Yeah, I, I, I got, I got these this for one. two bucks each, but uh, yeah, I I bought a a handful. It had like the Champions um, mini series from eclipse and then it i got the champions like one through ten sort of and then there was a comic book called the rose which i know nothing about but uh i got two issues of that and then a book called the marksman and tigress and some flares yeah um you know i was just thinking with that uh like you were, you know, just saying you found a two dollar bin or whatever. Chris, um, I think David Adams is is getting totally out of that the comic book business. Yeah. Uh, well, the stores, anyhow. Yeah. Um, there they they haven't had those those fifty cent bins since COVID, I think. Mm. They got rid of them then, and they don't seem to be have any plans on bringing them back. And that Nickel City Comic Con is coming back. But they sold it to uh, the owners of the Niagara Falls Comic Con. Ah, so, oh, uh, interesting. Yeah, so I, I don't know, like, what the name of the company is that runs it, but um, it's. I think it still says David Adams on it, but that might be like part of the deal for the transition or whatever. But it's the actual Niagara Falls Comic Con company that's actually booking the guests for this coming year and stuff for Nickel City. Interesting. Yep. Yeah, I hadn't paid much attention recently, but it seemed even a few years back they were kind of scaling things back. To go, like when you initially mentioned it to me, it was, I mean, it was crazy. That that was like huge. That area was enormous, wasn't it? Yeah, they had a lot, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Sounds like it was an awesome thing to go to it was it was great and they had a second location that was really near me a very small store but they had like an enormous back issue section not cheap 50 cent just like that's actually where i went and got like tons of like brave and the bold that i was missing and stuff like Mm -hmm. that um but this big superstore yeah i mean mike it was enormous and then they just started like scaling back, scaling back because they were getting, they were just really concentrating on cards. Yeah. And sports uh, memorabilia. What's well, probably what the, that, whatever, they're probably focusing on whatever makes them money. 
<laughs> oh, for sure. And then, I mean, then. It, well, that's like what they initially COVID, were anyway. Like it, they were, yeah, they were it, just what, that was stuff, their main focus, yeah. like for years and years. And they just added the comic stuff in. Exactly. And then after COVID, when they kind of like, you know, everything was reopened and stuff like that, you go and look and I mean, it's a tiny, tiny part of this, the store, the comic book area. What are they now? I haven't gone and what no what yeah. what do they have in there now instead of comics what 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 is there what are the uh, car, it's the, the cards oh, okay. expanding the card section um uh, sports cards uh majority of it is sports cards but they do sell like the other stuff like the Pokemon and oh yeah the Game, gaming cards like, game cards yeah but they they their thing is sports cards mm. yeah. All right. I don't know. Is that making a? It seems like that might be making a comeback now, huh? Sports cards. Well, they did make a comeback Last during the co- the COVID. I don't know if it's yeah. going to stay that way. Yeah, yeah so everything. Everything stuff, collectible. Yeah. Was was huge during COVID. They were really like, uh, I remember the like Kirk and them saying like, like you couldn't get or find any of that stuff and like I guess Target oh, yeah. used to have. The cards. By the cash registers, yeah. Mm-hmm. I never was into that stuff, so I really didn't pay attention. But, I was as a yeah. kid, but that's as far as it went. As a kid, but I didn't collect it like collect it like I collected comics, if that makes sense. Like I collected I them, but I was more of, of them, a but free I trader, in other words. Yes, yeah, I didn't care about like what I owned and what I didn't own, really. Like, I'll give you this uh, Roger Staubach for this Terry Bradshaw. That was it. Yeah, yeah. like that kind of trading. Like, exactly. Because I hated the Dallas Cowboys. So if I got a <laughs> Dallas Cowboy, I was like, here you go. You can have this Tony Dorsett for anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Hey. Go ahead. I was just going to say, you can tell, actually, looking at the Nickel City Comic Con website and the Niagara Falls Comic Con website, <laughs> yeah. like they're the same website. Like, it, it's they just, you know, it's got the different logo, but it's the same exact uh, structure and everything like that, which, yeah, you know, so you can kind of tell, um, if, you know, if you didn't know that there must be either somebody or somebody off or that. <laughs> the color scheme is very people. very uh close and and everything for like their announcements and stuff yeah they um, use the ba- same basic structure and then just yes. fill in different information exactly but, um, we're gonna go to the nickel city one for just one one day we're gonna go like on sunday because it's what do you cheaper. what do you go there for though is it just to buy some old <sighs> issues or fine yeah, that's that that's it to yeah. see uh Lou Ferrigno's going to be there, Mike. Oh, yeah. He doesn't like you to take his picture. Unless you pay. Uh, Lou Ferrigno's going to be at the, the Nickel City one? Oh, yeah. I see that. You know who's going to be there? Michael Rooker and Sean Gunn from Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, there you go. And Henry Winkler. Oh, that would be a fun one. Uh-huh. I think I would get a Henry Winkler if it wasn't outrageous. He's he's a cool guy even like, now. Like he's he's such a good yeah, guy. Yeah, I follow him on Twitter and stuff. I think yeah, he's he's really a good yeah, guy. Yeah. I, did you notice he was in Black Adam? <laughs> George went. George went. Yeah, he's coming. He's coming back. How he's old is he? Been there before. Did you notice know. that Henry Winkler was in Black 74. Adam? Have you seen it yet? 
Right. I saw it, but I don't remember him. In he there. was the Adam Smasher's uh, uncle. Father? Uncle. Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah. Yes, I do remember that. Mm-hmm. I do remember that. You know, we're going to skip um, because they're so close together and they are the same, like, people doing it now. We're just going to skip Niagara Falls this time. But um, Jerry Mathers is coming, and I actually would bring my box set oh. and leave it to Beaver. Leave it to it Beaver. If we, if we went, yeah. Because, I mean, he's like the only one still alive now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've all passed away in the past few years. Yeah, there'd be a couple of people that I, I wouldn't have thought of getting, like, signatures for but I in the past, but I would now. That's Henry like Winkler and Jerry Mathers, like, that would be really cool, like, to have. I'm I'm a big fan of uh Leave it to Beaver too. So. Oh, I am too. Eddie Haskell, I don't have any man. Happy days Eddie Haskell. For... I had so, I had I had so, so many so many friends like Eddie Haskell that <laughs> that were that troublemaking. Oh, let's do this. <laughs> and then and then did they come over and say, "Hello, Mrs. Myers." Yeah, and then they can Yeah, they're like wonderful. <laughs> Oh, I love your friends. You don't know what you don't know. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll go. We'll go for one day. The the tickets are. They're trying to ask for you know like Comic Con real like Comic Con prices and we gotta you know we're bringing the kids and we don't want to spend that much money so we're just going for one day. What what back issues would you target? What are you targeting now? Like, what are you looking for? Uh, I'll probably look for Flash. Okay. For the most part. Yeah, it'll just be Flash. Yeah, for me now, it's like Doom Patrol, old X-Men, well, old Marvel in general, but I'm trying to do Doom Patrol and Cap. I only have like three more issues of Cap to, to get. You you can do that in no time at yeah. all. Though. You should be able to get that. I should be able to get it. <clears throat> yeah. I did my cap. I did my X-Men. Um, so, yeah, I'd like to do keep going with Flash. That's pretty much that's pretty much it. I mean, I'd love to get, like, Doom Patrol issues because it'd be cool to have, but it's it's not a priority. Um, you know, I got that Omnibus, so yeah. I know I'll be able to read all of them, but it just be, would be cool to have. All right. Well, we can wrap this baby up. And you guys have the rest of the good Sunday, whatever's left of it. And yeah, uh, you, you can reach Chris at Mythmaking ETC, me at Mike Myers Brunch, and Rob at Rob Krieger on the Twitters. And we're located at geekbrunchpodcast.com and also on the Facebook at Geek Brunch Podcast. Click the like button, follow the episode threads there, and uh, we'll be back. Hopefully, next time Thanks. we'll have a full. Everybody. That'd be cool. Yeah. All right. Well, you guys have a great Sunday afternoon and Sunday evening. Yeah, I got to go take my baby for a walk before she loses it. All right. See ya. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.